Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax. Just anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside and just be reminded that God is right there. You don't need to get his attention. You don't need to get his approval. You already have that. You already have his unconditional love and acceptance. We're all in this together. We're with him. We're not trying to move him or figure out what it is he's looking for. He is already well pleased with you. You're already in. You've already been accepted into his family, into our family. We're all together. So there's no competition. There's no evaluation on who's got a better gift or a ministry or anointing. You are exactly, you have his uninterrupted attention. Our problem is, is we think it's about one thing when it's totally about something different. God is bringing you into oneness, spirit, soul, and body, healing your soul. Now, one of the things that comes up is we keep on hitting the same topics over and over again. It'd be real easy to just come up with some lists and send you guys out to just work on these lists of things. This is how to activate these abilities. This is how to succeed in this area. This is what you work on in this area. That's not what's important. What's important is to understand what God is doing in you. First, so you, so we all will stop interfering with it. Because that's so much where our stress and distraction comes from, trying to do God's job. Very often, any area in your life where there's anxiety or stress, it's because we're trying to do his job. And that job is very often attached to a wound that it's his duty, his desire, his responsibility to heal. And we just try to work it out. We just try to try harder. We try to figure it out. We try to overcome it. And God says, no, when you are healed, you are healed indeed, in reality, in truth. Now, sometimes when he heals us, it's like it never happened. And sometimes when he heals us, there's lingering acknowledgement that needs to happen for our own good, that we've developed bad habits to protect ourselves, for instance, so we never get hurt that way again. But those bad habits also keep God 
from being able to be free to heal us in whatever way he chooses. In other words, we fight him. We interfere with what he wants to do in our soul. Now, he's going to continue doing that, but it adds the stress so that we are distracted from working on those things that we are to be working on, learning to live and move and have our being in him. This is where we spent so much time learning about the supernatural realm, and hopefully you've had super experiences in the supernatural realm, in the solical realm, and have had that that idea of, okay, I under, I'm beginning to understand that there's multiple realities that I exist in. And to not encapsulate one thought or an idea as the only truth. Now, in the spirit, there is only one truth. And the small truths in the soul, soulical area, the soulical arena, the physical realm all are part of the ultimate truth in the spirit. But there are many ways within Christ to get there. He gave us, each one of us, a different temperament, a different soul. You're going to have a different relationship with him in your soul, even in your body, than someone else. And that's God's intention. So we don't look to one another to go, okay, how am I doing? We look to him. We look to him for everything. Now, he puts people and he puts books and he puts conferences and songs and thoughts and dreams and different things in our lives to direct and encourage and guide us. But they're all part of him. And a lot of what we find we are relying on is there for self-protection. When God is saying, no, come, be with me, this is the way, walk in it, with me. And we go, well, you know, I I have to have guardrails on that. I have to have the doctrine straightened out first. I have to have an approval from my pastor. I have to have this, 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 and this before I can step out in that. Well, in some cases, what you're really wanting to step out in is your own idea. And that's why there's fear there. That's why there's, there's caution there. That's, that's wisdom. That's, that is your spirit telling you, this is not my way. But when it's spiritual, when it's, when it's responding to God's leading, not because somebody else said to, not because this is a desire you've always had, for instance. No, when God says this is the way walk ye in it, what's the worst that can happen? You make a mistake. This is where we're, if, we're, if we're aware of how he works, how he operates, we're going to do a much better job of evaluating the decisions we make, because God wants you to develop good judgment. You know, we get this idea, you're not supposed to judge anything. Well, that's not God's way. His way is to develop good judgment, to be a good judge, a good evaluator. Is this something that God 
that is birthed of him, a seed grown, a plant grown from his seed? Or is this something that you've come up with on your own? Now, we all come up with things on our own. We come up with doctrines on our own. And your belief system is going to very much accommodate your own temperament. What makes you feel good? What makes you feel self-righteous? What encourages you to maintain the status quo in your soul? And remember, God is God loves your soul. But your soul itself isn't broken. It's wounded. It's been rejected. It's got a lot of bad habits. But your soul is basically exactly, it's, it's exactly the gift God gave you. So we're not getting rid of our soul and then asking for a new one. No, we're, he's restoring it. And we're cooperating with him while he does that. He restores our soul. And part of the process, you know, we learn so much more when we make mistakes. We learn how to handle mistakes. We learn how to go to God to get healed, how to get wisdom from him in those mistakes, how to receive wise counsel, how to give wise counsel, how to, you know, you find out who your friends are, not by who encourages you to continue with any mistake, but understanding that, a true friend will point you back to God. Now, again, in your soul is where the real fight is, the real struggle. And we've used the analogy of being in in a prison cell so many times. And yet then there comes a point in time, there's a guard there, And then through the door, you can hear life going on, other people going on with their lives. Sometimes there's shouts of joy. Sometimes there's sounds of mourning. But there's life going on. And you think, being in a a cell, at least it's safe. Believing in the doctrines you believe in, at least it's safe because you know what to expect. It's miserable. It's scary. It's cold at night. It's lonely. You're always depending on someone else to bring you food or news of the day or any word from God. You're depending on someone else. But then one day you find out that the, the gate that's holding you in yourself is unlocked. And it's always been unlocked. And at any time you could leave. But now you know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to be hurt. I'm willing to misunderstand. I'm willing to be misunderstood. I'm willing to be embarrassed. I'm willing to be late to the party, to late to what God is doing. I'm, I accept that at this moment where I realize I can be more in God and cooperate with him and see what he's doing and be a part of what he's doing, 
simply by walking out of myself. I accept now that this is my call, that this is God asking me to do this. Now, if you don't want to make those changes, that's fine too. God has his idea of timing, and sometimes, you know, we run out and we find out, wait a minute, it's cold out there, I don't have a coat, and we run back in to what's comfortable. That's fine, too. Because remember, it's it's the process. What If you need to go back in and out of that cell a million times, that's fine. You know, we're, we're the church, very often, organized religion is so much about backsliding. That if you join the church and then you turn back to whatever bad habit they think you, you know, has caused you to backslide, then that's it. You know, that, you know, that's it. You're done. But God isn't that way. Because God already has your spirit. You're already one with him. This is just going to take a while. And that's fine. There's no hurry. There's no rush. There's only opportunity out there. And until you can accept that what's out there is better, more enjoyable, more life-giving, then what's in your cell, the safety, the, the control. Even, you know, again, misery loves company. You're, you're sitting around with other people that do nothing but complain. That are also, you know, they are... You probably don't even all agree, except it's better in here than it is out there. At least we, you know, aren't going to be embarrassed. At least we aren't going to be deceived. Yeah, but at least, you you know, you're not going to have life and that more abundantly. So when it comes time to try something new, recognize and realize it's your time then. And then if it doesn't last, fine. Go back into yourself, but come back out later. God hasn't rejected you. God can't reject you. You're part of him. Others will reject you. I can guarantee that. That's part of life. You're going to be wounded again. I guarantee that. It's part of life. That's part of what we're here for. That doesn't sound like any fun. Maybe I'll stay in my cell. Guess what? You're going to be rejected and wounded in your cell as well. There's two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. But this is why we're talking about what's going on in the supernatural realm, because it gives us something. God has given us something to pay attention to, to work on while he does the important things. What he's doing is 99.999% of what really matters. He's restoring your soul. We can do that point zero 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 one percent and learn how our abilities work, learn how the supernatural realm works. Now, let's talk about the supernatural realm from the perspective of the, the, what we perceive as, as good and bad. Let's say angels and demons. Now, I'd just like to point out to you that whether you are aware of what's going on in the supernatural realm or not aware of what's going on in the supernatural realm, whatever is going on in the supernatural realm is going on anyway. But God does not want you ignorant. 
the devil does. Your enemies do. Your, your flesh, your soul, your bad habits don't want to be caught out. You know, those, those things that you've been hiding from God, you don't want him to see them. He already sees them. He already knows them. He doesn't care. Now, those things that are hurting you, that are keeping you from accepting his love, he's going to eventually get to those, whether in this lifetime or the next. But that doesn't affect his unconditional love for you, his unconditional acceptance as you as are part of him, part of his family, part of his kingdom. Everything he has prepared for you, he he's not taking it back there's it's unconditional but he's wise it's like you know say he's got uh a million dollars waiting for you and you're wait you know you're living in poverty it's not about having more faith for that whatever that means or praying for it or or being in the right place at the right time for that million dollars it's already yours but God knows, let's, and just using a specific example, that until you have a particular wound, maybe about a, a, something that, a traumatic event that happened in your childhood, that you will, that, that receiving that million dollars will ruin you. So he doesn't make it available to you. Because it would ruin ruin you. It's still yours. It has your name on it. But he does know what's best for you. And that's true across the board. Like, like let's say, you know, we've been talking about asking for, to develop the different abilities. And let's say, you know, the ability of uh, healing. Just be able to speak healing to yourself, to other people, to large amounts of people, and it just happens. Well, let me just say, one thing that can ruin a person is success, tension, is popularity. God knows that in many of our cases that 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 would be not not be good for us. That those abilities were fully functioning in our lives. Now Jesus spent thirty of his years learning how the abilities worked in private. Again, we you know we've talked about practice. You know, I think he raised a lot. He tried an error. He tried this. He tried that. Just as remember when he sent out the, you know, the disciples and, and more, two by two, and they came back, they practiced. They Let's try this. Let's try that. And they were surprised that it worked. And they weren't, you know, right there with Jesus. They knew it wasn't Jesus working the, the miracles, working the casting out of the devils. They knew it was something within them. And they weren't even Christians. They weren't even born again. Their spirit was not enlivened. It was something in their very soul that had been awakened by being in Christ's presence. This is why we will always go back to spending time with him. The more time you spend with him, the more those abilities are quickened. 
But just because they're quickened, God may not want you to start doing them in a place, having those abilities functioning in a place that will get you into trouble. God is kind. He doesn't want you learning something where you're going to get hurt. Now, again, there's a difference between learning to ride a bike and falling and scraping your knee and thinking you're, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, motorcycle, you know, like an evil Knievel and trying to, you know, ride a motorcycle across the Grand Canyon where you not only crash and burn, but you die in the process. So we start where we're at. And this is why we're spending so much time just allowing ourselves to get comfortable with the idea that everything Jesus could do, everything he did, except for the redemption, except for being the Son of God, except for accepting the sin, the, the, the death, paying for our sin with his death, except for that, everything else is available to you and I. The relationship with the Father, the ability to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to heal. Now, we all think, oh, that would be really cool. We could have a ministry. We could do this. We could do that. We could help people. We could get attention. Whatever, what, whatever it is that you think is motivating you. But then that's one of the reasons that the, that the Gospels were written. So we could see, okay, yes, this this is all true, and we can help people, and we can do. There's going to be a lot of people who don't like that. There's going to be a lot of people who don't like you being able to heal the sick because you're not doing it the way they think you should or because you're not perfect. Oh, my gosh. Guess what? You're not perfect. Your soul is not perfected. Your, Your body is not perfected. Your spirit is. Your spirit will never get more spiritual or more holy or more eternal. You already have everything you need in your life, in your spirit. The problem is your soul and your body. But there's going to be people who don't like it. You're going to have to learn through the process how to deal with that. And these are the things that God wants us to be paying attention to, spending our time on, not what he's doing. And that even extends to what he's doing out in the world. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. And there's things that you should be, as a good citizen, aware of. But don't let that become a distraction away from what God is doing in your life. This is a wonderful opportunity because there is so much going on, not just in the natural realm, but in the supernatural realm. I think, you know, it's sort of like um, be joining up in the military during a time of war. The The time of training is shortened. The time of evaluation and learning is shortened so you can get into be put into positions of authority and positions of using those abilities sooner. So if that's something you are, that is interesting or appealing to you to be used of God, to be in a position where you can make a difference in people's lives, if that's something that's appealing to you, God, that's, that's God saying, yes, I want you to learn this. 
There might be, you know, we go through the, the, the think about what Jesus did. Oh, I'm not interested in this. I'm, this is something that is far more appealing. You know, his teaching, you know, how he was able to, to use illustrations, how certain things he, you know, he was a, a teacher, a preacher, and then he showed this is what it looks like. He was the full package. You and I are also the full package. Anything he could do, we have the potential to do. But God draws us by the desires in our heart. He gives us the desires. So what is it that you desire? In your soul, what is it that you desire? And yeah, we, you know, go ahead. Number one, I wish I, you know, I desire that my soul, it was complete and healed. Great. That's, you can check that off. That's now God's responsibility. And remind yourself of that. This is not my problem. You know, say you have a temper. Talk to God about that, but odds are that's his problem. Now, he may start pointing out, okay, this is where it's coming from. Maybe it's just simply a bad habit that you need to, you know, um, wise counsel. You need to practice other ways of dealing with your emotions. You need to... You know, you're around people who have enabled you to be angry all the time. What if, you know, let the Lord start showing you these are the practical things. It's just it's to uh, develop as part of your walk here on this earth. It's the same way as, as God is supplying all your needs, and yet he expects you to get a job, make money, and go to the grocery store and buy food and cook your own meals. He's not going to just magically put food on your table there's a participation in that process likewise in the soul so as far as the healing he's going to when he draws you to an issue but it's when he draws it now let's say you've been struggling in an area let's say anger or let's say there's an addiction or let's say there's something that you know you just can't seem to overcome there's going to be a combination of things, remembering that everything in from God's perspective is already done. But very often you, you have a wound, and to in response to that wound, you've developed bad habits. And that's your anger, and that's your, you know, your addiction. And very often God has healed that wound, but we cling to the anger we cling to the addiction because it makes us have a false sense of control so there are times when and we have to ask god is this a wound that needs to be healed or is this a habit that needs to be changed and sometimes he may say you know okay this is a habit that needs to be changed I'm going to point you in the right direction. Or you need to ask him, okay. Or even, you know, you might look back at your life and you go, okay, how many times has he tried to get me into going in this direction so I can deal with this anger issue, this, you know, or get away from people that are, you know, uh, keeping me here, dealing with this um, addiction. Um, Or he may say, you're just going to have to live with it until I heal that wound. And then we go ahead and we focus on other things that are going on 
in our lives as far as learning our abilities. We don't interfere then with what, what God is doing. I hope that makes sense. Again, there's the two parts of that healing is we, when you have a wound, think of it when you, when you have a, you know, uh, a dog bite. You go to the, the emergency clinic, you get your rabies shot, and then they bandage it. But now all of a sudden, it's not just the wound. Now you're afraid of dogs. And it's your, it was your neighbor's dog. And now your neighbor is angry at you because he's, you know, afraid you're going to sue him. So, and now you're, you know, afraid to go out in your backyard because your neighbor might there. There's all these other consequences that are popping up because of that one incident. And eventually that wound will heal, but now you have all this problem with your neighbor. And he's your neighbor, so he's always there, so you're always reminded of what happened. And we have to, okay, how am I going to deal with that? You go, and you, you, those are the processes you have to do. It's no longer anything to do with about whether your wound is healed. It's you developed additional bad habits. You now respond to your neighbor because of that wound. You respond to the dog because of that wound. You respond to life, being able to enjoy your home, enjoy your family because of that wound. So there's two different things. There's the wound itself and then the bad habits. The bad habits, you know, again, if it's a good time, you ask the Lord about that, those are the things we, we can deal with. He takes care of the wounds. He's the only one who can heal those wounds. So we will get back together again the same time next week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.